Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Steve Hirschfeld. Well, today is a special day. It's Tuesday. And on Tuesday, we have what's called Travel Tuesday, where each week we get the chance to dial in one of our members from around the globe to share with us what it's like to do business in their jurisdiction. And today we'll be learning a little bit more about one of the most beautiful states in the country, the state of Montana. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show Mike Green and Greg Dorrington. We're both partners at Crowley Fleck. Gentlemen, how are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having us, Steve. So I'm guessing you got a lot of snow right now. Yeah, it's very white outside. Well, you know, I always think of Montana, I think of recreation, right? Because you've got, I mean, it's amazing outdoors. How big an industry is that in Montana? And give us a little bit of a sense, our listeners, a sense, what are the other big industries? Mike, do you want to start? I will. So I think right now, recreation, depending on how you measure it, is about our third biggest industry. I think it's probably the one we're the best known for. And Montana really has become an all-year recreational state. We have folks coming, you know, we've got two national parks on our borders and lots and lots of great rivers and wilderness areas and all of that. So both winter and summer seasons are very busy in Montana. Our other industries are, you know, the kind of traditional extractive industries like agriculture, mining, forestry. And then we we also have a significant healthcare industry in Montana and a growing, I would say a growing manufacturing segment. What's if, if you have somebody from outside the United States to do nothing about your part of the world, what's the economy like right now? What's unemployment like? How are businesses doing? Can you give us a sense for that? Our unemployment is unbelievably low. It's certainly the toughest hiring market, I think, for law firms and for almost all other employers in the state, in particular our healthcare and then our recreational businesses in Montana. The economy is is doing very well. Our state has the biggest state surplus. We're an income tax driven state and we have the biggest state budget surplus in the state's history going into our legislative session, which starts on the 2nd of January. So the things in Montana are going really, really well. Hey, Greg, let's follow up on what Mike just said about the shortage of the workforce. I mean, I know you deal a lot with work visas, immigration issues, employee mobility. What are you doing on that front right now? Give the listeners a little bit of a sense for that, if you would. Yeah, I mean, just bouncing off what Mike said with historically low unemployment rates, there's just a real talent shortage right now in Montana, and employers have had to look across the border to help fill desperately needed jobs. And so, It tracks very similarly with kind of the main industries in Montana. I mean, recreation is a big one during the winter season. Our ski resorts are desperately in need of lift operators, housekeepers, all those individuals that help on a seasonal basis to keep things chugging along for our visitors. And then summer, it's the same both of kind of the national parks for the recreation industry, but then extractive industries, seeking out professionals, engineers, even accountants. We've done a lot of work with the TN visa, which allows professionals from Canada to enter the United States and work temporarily here. And that's been a really great visa for a lot of individuals. And then healthcare. I think that's a nationwide shortage, but we certainly notice shortages here in Montana have had to turn towards the international talent force to to get folks here. 
So you guys know I'm based in San Francisco, and during COVID, a lot of our tech companies had employees start moving all over the country and all over the world, and lots of them moved to, you know, sort of the great outdoors of, you know, Utah, Montana, Arizona. Do you guys see an influx of that? And what, what if any, impact has that had on the local economy? Mike, any sense for that at all? Yeah, we've had huge influxes. I think the latest statistics for the first half of this year were kind of a net mobility influx of about 3% which is significant in a state the size and and spread of Montana. What we've seen is those folks are coming into communities, primarily in Western Montana, Bozeman, Missoula, Kalispell, those kind of mountain communities. And what that has also forced is kind of a reallocation of residents within Montana. So the community that Greg and I sit in is the state capital, Helena. It's a fairly small community kind of on the eastern front of the Rockies, but not as picturesque as some of the others. What we've seen is a huge influx coming to us from those communities, Missoula, Kalispell, and Bozeman, where those those real estate markets, I think the Bozeman real estate market might be among the hottest in the country and actually on par with the Bay Area at one point during the pandemic. So we're, we're seeing a lot of mobility into the state. We don't see a lot of people leaving the state, but a lot of people leaving those those kind of inbound communities for other locations. So, you know, people outside the United States are kind of blown away by the fact that, you know, we've got 50 states with 50 different employment rules, particularly on things like non-competes and employment contracts. And I laugh because, you know, you have employees that get these protections in California where we don't allow non-competes, except in some rare circumstances. And let's say they move to Montana. Can I, as an employer, enforce, let, let's say one of our employees moves or we open an office and they decide voluntarily to move there. Are non-competes enforceable in Montana and if so, are you seeing much in the way of disputes or litigation over that right now, given how everybody's probably trying to steal employees from you know, competitors? So we're, we are going to see some litigation in that space. As a general rule, outright prohibitions, so the, the true non-competes are generally not enforceable in Montana. We have gotten fairly good at drafting some clauses into contracts with financial penalties and those kinds of things that do restrict and protect more, more the IP for employers as well as kind of customer lists and those things in specialized industries. But there's longstanding law in Montana that they are not enforceable generally in the general employment context. Great. Well, before we wrap things up, any final comments on anything you think you'd want to know about your state if you were from somebody outside, let's say, of Montana or outside the U.S.? Well, kind of following up, Steve, on your weird and peculiar and protective laws, Montana, I just want to note for those who have employees moving to Montana, we're the only state in the country that is not at-will employment. So Montana has a wrongful discharge from Employment Act, which we've had since the late 1980s. And that provides, after a, a probationary period, that requires the employers to have and document good cause to terminate employees, uh, non-probationary employees. So that's really good for folks like Greg and I who make our living in the employment context. It's really hard for Montana employers and a huge surprise for non-Montana employers who are looking at making some transitions and, and potentially terminations of employees who are living in Montana. So one quick question, kind of wrap that up, Mike. Are you seeing many employers in your state require arbitration as a way to resolve these wrongful termination cases to keep the cost down? No, is the short answer. And primarily because the courts in Montana are so accessible. Now, the Wrongful Discharge from Employment Act does have within it an arbitration provision. And one of the provisions of that is that if either party offers arbitration, 
and it's denied or it's declined for a wrongful discharge from employment claim, then the losing party is responsible. There's, it has a fee shifting provision that allows the winning party in litigation to recover fees if arbitration is offered and declined. Interesting. Well, guys, this has been a great discussion. Mike and Greg, really appreciate your input. Folks, if you want to learn more about these guys or be in contact with them, it's really simple. You'll see their bios as part of the description of this podcast. We encourage our listeners to visit ela.law to receive information on upcoming webinars, download our white papers, and access our free online platform called the Global Floor Handbook, which provides free insight on labor employment laws in all 50 states, every Canadian province, and over 100 countries around the globe. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Steve Hirschfeld. Thank you for listening.